Good morning, and uh, turn with me in your copy of God's Word or in your devices to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to begin in verse 9 and read through verse 10. So Matthew 6, verse 9 and verse 10. Uh, we, are, we began a series, it's going to be a short series, uh, but we're looking at the, the need, the growth and the dependency we should have on prayer. We at Hebrew Baptists want to glorify God by helping, inviting everyone to take their next step. We want to invite you and equip you and help you to take your next step in praying and praying fervently and praying to the Lord. And so uh, that, that is what we're looking at. We're looking at this model prayer. It's not, uh, we said last week that yes, it's good that we pray this and that we can pray this and use these words to pray back to God because praying scripture to God is good. But Jesus says, pray in this way, pray in this model of prayer. So help us, these are things to help us as we pray. And so let's be challenged by this today uh, in uh, these verse 10 specifically. Uh, verse nine, we'll read this, this together. Therefore, you should pray like this our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning as your scripture reminds us to pray for your holiness, but also your purposes. God, stir in us as we have sung to be reminded of the hope that we are to the world with the name of Jesus on our lips, that we pray this way, that we bend the ear and heart of heaven to move amongst us and in our world. God, encourage us to pray. Help us to pray. May we encourage each other to pray. And we ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. There was a little boy who wanted to every day get ice cream at school. That was kind of almost my test. This is not my story, but uh, this is not me, but I did want ice cream at school every day. And this little boy went every day to his mom and, and they were not well off. And so the mom made a big deal every time. He'd say, mom, I need a quarter for ice cream today. Oh, let me go. I've got to go get, let me go look at my change purse. Here you are again, wanting ice cream. Let me go. I'll get you the, the, the money. So she goes, finds her change purse, finds a quarter and gives it to him. Well, the next day, the same thing. Oh, I can't believe you're asking for this ice cream again. You know, here I got to find a quarter. This is just something that I can't believe. You got to understand that money matters and this is a big deal. So she goes and she goes and gets the quarter and gives it to me. This happens for a long time. And finally, she just says, you know, I'm tired of this. Just go ask your dad from now on. Just go ask him. And so he didn't really want to go ask his dad. He thought he had all the while had a better chance at going and asking mom. And so he's very fearful. He kind of kind of planned it all out, how he's going to do it. He was kind of waiting for dad to be in the right mood. And he kind of strolled in the room and started talking about other things and then decided to Right in at the last minute, say, so, okay, hey, Dad, um, would you mind 
give me some money for ice cream tomorrow? I've been asking mom, and she told me to come ask you. And his dad said, sure, will $5 do? (laughs) All this while, he was so anxious and worried about asking his dad. And his dad was willing to give him more than what he really needed. This simple little story is a great illustration of what we read last week. Of how we can be confident we can go to God because he is our heavenly father. And that we can be confident that he treats us lovingly as such. But it's also a good illustration of this. Sometimes our prayers are too small. Sometimes we pray with a small focus. This helps us to think through as we read these verses, of beginning of these verses of the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I had to ask myself as I read this, and maybe you ask this as you read through this, when was the last time you prayed for big things from God? Heavenly-minded, kingly-minded, cosmic, world-changing, altering prayer. How many times does your prayer life, both individually and in your life groups, resemble verse 10 in your prayers? How often are we praying for maybe Aunt Edna's big toe? Or maybe the man down the street to stop speeding through our neighborhood. Or maybe for other very important things, but they seem very close centered to us. Now, let me just say this. We are to pray all things to God. Everything should go to God. As a matter of fact, the scripture shows us and teaches us the reason that we're anxious or the reason that there's fights and quarrels among us is because we've got wrong desires, we've got wrong things, and we don't go and ask God. And what normally we do, we don't, and a lot of times we don't go to God to pray about anything. Maybe we keep, we think, oh God, you handle these things, I'll handle these things. We'll kind of keep them in the pot of what you do and what I do. But Very often and many times, our prayers never raise beyond these very horizontal measures. Instead of going vertically to God for his kingdom, his purposes, his will to be done. When was the last time that you prayed, that we prayed, God, just as it is in heaven, Do it right now here in earth in the lives of the people around us in this world. God, that your kingdom come in their hearts, that your will be done. So the last, as we think of what, how Christ is instructing us last week, he really helped us to focus on the character of God, right? That that we pray that hallowed or holy be your name, make much of your name, that God's character and person be made much of and glorified in our prayer, to to rightly put our prayers in a way that help us understand that he is the focus, not us. Well, Jesus continues in this model prayer to say not just the person of God we we must be making much of, but that we pray his purposes. 
and his plans and his work to be done in this world. So how often are you praying the way that Jesus taught us to pray here? In this second verse of the model of Jesus' prayer, we should be oriented in praying for God's reign and rule both on earth as it is in heaven. So let's look at what this means that we can pray kingdom prayers and look at four ways that we can do that according to these verses. Number one, if you're taking notes in your phone or at home or in paper in front of you, number one, pray kingdom prayers for Christ's rule in your heart. Pray kingdom prayers for Christ's rule in your heart. When we think of how God should reign and rule, we should not overlook the beginning point, our own hearts. Now, we might not think that that's very kingdom-minded or very big-minded, but the last time I checked my sinful heart, it is a very big deal for God to change me and to have me submit to him and to move in a way that he has asked me to move. Our, uh, sorry, D.A. Carson observes of this, uh, of this verse. He says, to pray your kingdom come is therefore simultaneously to ask that God's saying royal rule be extended now as people bow in submission to him and already taste the eschatological blessing of salvation and to cry for the consummation of the kingdom. So what does his kingdom mean? Well, the kingdom uh, is that, that Christ is ruling. When he came, he said the kingdom, we'll talk about this in a minute, that the kingdom is near, but it is Christ's reign and rule in our hearts and in the lives of people that it is, yes, he is reigning and ruling and sovereign and working over all of time and plans and people, but that the kingdom is present in the lives of people who have trusted in him. We, because of our sins, are separated from God and we lived under the control of the prince and powers of this world. We were truly under the kingdom of ourselves and of Satan. But when we, through the Holy Spirit, have been brought to faith and that we trust on Christ and we are born again, we become new people, citizens of a new world. We are we are uh, metaphorically turning in our passport world for new passports to the kingdom of heaven where we are citizens of that world now representing God here. And it begins then with us submitting to our new king. Philippians 3.20 says our citizenship is in heaven and we uh, eagerly await for a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is our beginning prayer for the kingdom to come that it is in our hearts first that we are submitting, that we are glorifying the king of our new kingdom by how we submit. And this is a dangerous prayer, brothers and sisters, isn't it? That we admittedly are calling for God to rule and reign in our hearts that we 
to him. R.C. Sproul observed of this saying, John Calvin said it's the task of the church to make the invisible kingdom visible. We do that by living in such a way that we bear witnesses, witness to the reality of the kingship of Christ in our jobs, our families, our schools, and even our checkbooks because God in Christ is king over every one of these spheres of life. And the only way that the kingdom of God is going to manifest in this world before Christ comes is if we manifest it in the way we live as citizens of heaven and subjects of the king. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we need to be praying for his kingdom come as earth as it is in heaven that it begins with me. With me. And that we pray, God, help me to submit to your rule in your life. That we pledge our allegiance to you. This week I was listening and reading an article and listening to a podcast uh, about a girl named Rachel Gilson who has written a book called Born Again This Way. And it talks about her life as she was a student at Yale. That she was in relationship with another woman and she was confronted with the fact of the reality of Jesus Christ. And, and, and her, her story talks about how that, that, that she had to first come to grips with if God was real and if this his salvation story and message and Jesus was real enough to save. And it changed her life. And now she lives in a biblical marriage today because of, uh, of what the work that God has done for her. But, but she understands that here's where the crux of the matter came for her. This, the sentence that I pulled out that just kind of leapt off the page to me when I read it was she said this, I had to learn my first lesson of the Christian life, how to obey before I understood. Whew. That's a hard step of the Christian life, isn't it? That we trust of the saving work of God, that who has died in our place. If such a savior has done this for us, then there is immense trust that we have in him. And sometimes it is that trust that we give him to say, I'm gonna obey this because you say it's better for me. I might not be logically and mentally to the point of agreeing that it's better for me, but Jesus, you've died for me and I can trust you and I'm going to obey you before I understand. That's a dangerous prayer that we must be praying. God, what area of my life am I not submitting and if there is an area in my life that I have not trusted you in and not submitted you to, what, what is going on here? Why have I not submitted to you in this way? Because you are better than life. Your kingdom needs to come here. So brothers and sisters, I encourage us to pray the kingdom to come that we submit 
ourselves to him. And that we pray for each other. That's the glorious good news of a church, that we are praying for one another to submit to the Lord in these things. Secondly, we can pray kingdom prayers for Christ's coming reign. Here it is explicit saying that your, your kingdom come. The kingdom is coming. We pray our kingdom to come that, that Christ will come, his final coming to bring all hearts, lives, and the earth into submission to him. John Stott observed of this to say, to pray that his kingdom may come is to pray both that, that uh, it may grow as through the Christ church's witness uh, people submit to Jesus and that soon it will be consummated when Jesus returns in glory to take his power and reign. You see, we know that it is Jesus, the king, who is coming. He came uh, and came and inaugurated in the advent of his life, coming to earth, living a perfect life, dying on the cross. But he said in Matthew 4, 17, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus came and people began to believe and understand that, the, that him, the king, was there and they began to trust him and submit to him. We know that because of this glorious good news, the kingdom will come to earth for good. Amen? Revelation twenty two twenty says, he who testifies about these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. That is the prayer we should be praying. And anytime we turn on the news or open, uh, uh, open a, a website on our phone or we get a digital alert from our news site of choice, we see the pain and agony and hurt and death and destruction and, and failing that is happening in this earth because of sin. And we as Christians, more than anyone else, can be praying kingdom prayers, come Lord Jesus Come. We have seen over this last year 6,415 people in Kentucky alone die from COVID. 566,000 people across the United States die from COVID. We have a church member who is working through the Lord's grace and goodness to come back. And I'm telling you, when she comes, and Wanda, when you come, we are going to praise the name of Jesus because of what he's done. But our hearts hurt because of what sin has done in this world. We see babies getting killed. We see people coming into, into paralysis. We see people losing jobs. We see destruction of families. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. We want Jesus to come soon. We, we pray for the kingdom to come. It is the yearn of the future life of justice and peace that Jesus, your future kingdom may come to end and the consummation of your kingdom will come, beginning with us, but to the ends of the earth. 
We pray knowing that the king will come to wipe out every death, pain, sickness, and sin. And we want him to come quickly and the kingdom to come. How often do we pray that? We might pray it out of frustration. We might pray it out of, out of desperation. But how often should we be praying, come, Lord, come, come. And the good news is we get to play a part in this, bring justice and peace to those around us, that we, for just an instance, get a taste of the consummation when a life is changed by the glory of God and salvation, that when we as a believer get to reach out to be peace in our world or among other people, we get just a glimpse. But imagine the day when he comes again. Hallelujah! When every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. Thirdly, we need to pray. Pray kingdom prayers for his will to be done. Since Jesus is coming and his king, we must pray as Jesus commands that, that his will be done. It is true that we know that the master's plans are for his glory and for our good. And therefore, in that knowledge and starting point, we should be saying, Lord, your will, that will, that, that will is what needs to be done in my life and in the world around us. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. We ought to pray knowing and expecting God to answer this prayer. That his will be done. And that we pray for where, that we go to him saying, God, we want to know your will and be in the center of your will. Not to the right of it, to the left of it. But I want to be right in the middle of the will for me and my family and my church in your will. So that means all elements of life. Where we pray, where do we live and what career to pursue and whom to marry how to educate our children, how to use our gifts, how to spend our, our time. And all these things we're seeking, the Lord's will. We pray for God's will to, to be accomplished, that we would be pr praying that it were found right there in the middle of it. But also knowing this, that this gives us the freedom to pray, knowing that when we pray, that he's going to accomplish his will. This is the beauty of prayer as a Christian is that we don't go to God and, 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 and that we go with our list like we go sit on Santa Claus's lap and, and want the whole list to come out to us. No, instead, we know that we come to God trusting that whatever we've come to to request, we've come knowing that he knows better than us and that what we might be praying for might be exactly what God wants. And so he, he answers it. But there's a lot of times we pray and it's not the time. It's not done in the right motive. It's not done in the right way, nor is it not part of God's will. But we have this wonderful truth to know that we can pray and God has our prayers that he is answering them in his will. 
this wonderful quote from Tim Keller's book on prayer. God will either give us what we ask or give us what we would have asked if we knew everything he knows. So when we pray, we come asking twofold that God, whatever I'm going to pray, I trust it's in your will, but God, we want your will to be done. We desire it, we long for it, we want to see it in our lives and in the world around us. Just as Richard Aline has written long ago, a Puritan preacher, he says, I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thy wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all these things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed Lord, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine. Brothers and sisters, what a dangerous prayer that we pray. Not my will, but yours be done. We echo the words of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prayed three times, can this cup pass for me? Can, can there be any other way but not my will, but yours be done? Some of us need to pray these da- dangerous prayer for the will of God in your lives, moving you some to ministry out of comfortable jobs, moving some of you to the mission field out of your comfortable lives, moving all of us to go to those near us to share the gospel, maybe to the locker of the friend next door, or maybe their socially distanced locker, so you might have to go a little further now, or across the street to a neighbor, or to have that difficult conversation with a family member or a friend, but we know that God's will must be done. And we pray for it to happen in our lives. And fourthly, we pray kingdom prayers for the kingdom to advance now. On earth, as it is in heaven, that your kingdom come. This should be an evangelistic prayer that if Christ's reign and rule is, through, is right now, in every person's heart, that it begins with me, but it doesn't stop with me, that it moves to the next person. And by faith, they change. And through saving faith, they grow as we present the gospel, that, that others come to bow the knee to Jesus, that the sal- blessings of salvation will flow, that the church will grow in size and influence, that Christians will grow in maturity, and that we would obey Jesus in every sphere of life. But the Bible is telling us that the kingdom would advance as we share the good news. Acts eight twelve says, <clears throat> But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news about the kingdom of God, And the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So as we pray, we are praying for the kingdom to advance and grow. As we pray, we're praying for the salvation for those around us. 
We're praying for God to change hearts. We're praying for opportunities. We're praying for boldness. We're praying for all these things that help us to be part of God advancing his kingdom that people are being saved by grace alone. 2 Corinthians 5, 19, that is Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Brothers and sisters, we have been given the message and the opportunity to advance the kingdom of God, and our prayers must be bathed and full of this type of prayer. It, it should bother us as believers that we spend very little time about save, uh, unsaved people when we're gathered in small groups. If we have a long laundry list of things to pray about, we do that. God tells us to do it, but it should bother us that we don't come together and are praying for lost people. We should be praying for kingdom things, brothers and sisters. And we should be praying for the salvation of the lost in our lives. Some of you know or remember Dr. Chuck Lawless, who came here to speak. It's probably been six, seven years, well, about six years ago. We did a conference. He came and spoke Sunday morning and in the afternoon and um, he, is, he was the president of the Billy Graham School of Evangelism. He's now the vice president for spiritual formation at Southeastern Seminary. And he has a long history uh, at the IMB, International Mission Board, and um, teaches immensely well. Some of you, I think some, you had him, right, uh, in a prayer class. And he preaches on prayer, spiritual warfare. Some of you read his books recently. Well, He's prayed his whole life and has done and impacted many different things. He grew up in Cincinnati and uh, pastored two churches over there. I've been forever changed by his writings and his teaching on prayer and evangelism. But just this past week, well, actually, just a few weeks ago, his mother, 79 years old, came to faith and was baptized. It is an encouragement that he says that he continues to learn that when you pray for years, even decades, the praying can be wearisome, but that we must pray for God's kingdom to expand and save those who are precious to us. Brothers and sisters, how are you and how, are, how am I praying in this way? For our families, for our, our kids, for our neighbors, for our friends. Do we pray? Do we pray longing for God to change them? Today we announced just a few minutes ago that, that we are joining the invitation of, of Kentucky Baptist churches to take the gospel to every home. In the 41048 area code, that is 4,728 doors with countless lives behind them that we can take the gospel to. And so we know that, yes, we can do it and we can, we can, boy, we can, 
you know, we could be like newspaper men and just throw it, throw it up uh, tracks. Or we don't want, we want to engage our communities, but we know no matter what we do, it will account to nothing if the spirit of God and the power of God is not with us and before us. And so starting next week, we're going to commit to 40 days of prayer. And we need you to pray. We need you to pray for this. That we pray these kingdom prayers. That the people around our church, around our homes and our life groups, that God would do and change lives, change our community and change our church. We are asking Jesus' kingdom to come near. And we need to begin this prayer today. And especially over the next 40 days as we approach this great feat. Brothers and sisters, how are you praying these kingdom prayers? You know, to parrot this prayer does nothing, but to pray this prayer sincerely is revolutionary. When we truly pray, your will be done on earth as in heaven, we pray for the world's obedience. We pray in the final day when all will bow. We will pray for the here and now. We pray big prayers for our obedience and for God to work through us and for God to save many and for his kingdom to come. Brothers and sisters, join me. Join this model that Jesus has set before us. Let's pray big prayers for the kingdom. And let's do it together. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the call and command and example that Jesus has set before us to pray these kingdom-sized prayers. Lord, may the work be done in us first. May we honor you as king. May we honor you as Lord. May we submit first as we go into the world with the good news of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that, that we would build these and pray these kingdom prayers, not to just check off a list or feel like we're just a good Christian, but that we sincerely in the deepness of our hearts want to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.